Hello and welcome back to Thickcast. I'm your host Molly Edwards and today I have joining me on the podcast JJ Richards. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, of course I would Molly. Thank you for having me. So my name's JJ Richards, not my real name. My real name's Jonathan. Not many people actually know that so hitting you with a fact straight away that nobody knows. My middle name's James so it's always just been Jonathan James Richards. So I... I I always joke and say I can't spell Jonathan, so I had to shorten it to JJ. Yeah, you could have gone John, but then that's three letters, isn't it? I hate John. People, it's like when people ring you and say, oh, hi, is um, that Jonathan Richards? Can I call you John? I'm like, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. It's Mr. Richards. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Good. So do you want me to give you a little bit of background about myself? Oh, uh, Yeah. So I'll try and keep it short because my 33 years on this planet have been quite a busy 33 years on this planet. So um, I'll try and keep it short and sweet, but like the background will kind of make sense, obviously, where I am now. So I grew up in a beautiful place called Kingston-upon-Hull, or as you guys would call it, Hull, because we don't pronounce our H's. So I grew up there and Hull being Hull, it's obviously not the best of places. It's a little bit rough around the edges and I was heavily involved in that lifestyle. Um, so yeah, I went down the wrong path at a very young age, um, which you know, led me to a point of my life where I needed to kind of decide what I wanted to do because I literally skipped jail by the skin of my teeth, which being a person I am now, it seems like a different person because people that know me now would never have known the person I was. And people that knew me when I was young would never recognize the person I am now. So, you know, I'm a big believer that people can change. Um, so what I decided to do was my brother was in the army. So I thought that is probably the best thing for me to do because what I needed to do was remove myself from my current circle totally uh, and embed myself in a new culture. So what I did was I was kind of, I was 15 and I kind of started getting into weight training and I never got into weight training because I wanted to be a bodybuilder. I didn't even know what bodybuilding was. I had so much my energy into negative things. And my mum bought me a, she actually bought me a set of dumbbells when I was in year six at primary school. It was all Argos, like York ones. And that's how long I've been into weight training. And she bought me a gym membership when I was 15. You had to be 16 to join, but she explained my situation um, and they managed to let me join. So I was still too young to join the army. So I tried to like kind of keep myself on the straight and narrow and kind of distance myself from the things I was involved in on my own. And then unfortunately I got arrested for something that I did previously. And that was the thing that was going to send me to jail. Um, and at that point, I was trying to process to get into the army. So the policeman who had it in for me, um, he contacted the army careers office and said, listen, you know, just so you know, this is what happened and he's probably going to end up in jail. So that was like shit because at that point I kind of like decided to turn my life around on myself. I was, I was a few months into it. I was training, you know, I removed myself from the circle I was involved in and I was really, you know, dead set on joining the army. So I thought, shit. So thankfully, cutting a long story short, the charges actually got dropped. Um, and then my mum rang the Army Careers Office the next day and they thankfully still let me join. So that point could have gone very easily in two different directions. Thankfully, it went in the right one. 
So what happened from there is I joined the army at the age of 16 and I did five years in the army in total. So um, I was primarily a PTI. So I spent a lot of the time working in the gym and that was kind of what my passion was. Um, unfortunately, my knees were getting a little bit battered. Um, I also started to dislike the army for, for certain things and certain reasons um, and decided that it wasn't really um, the, the, the path I wanted to continue to go down. Um, I got what I wanted out of the army. I'm very good at that. I kind of get involved in something. I get out what I need. And then once I feel like there's nothing else I can gain from that environment, then I pull myself out. So did you you join straight as a PTI or you, did you have to join your regiment first? No, so you have to join as a soldier first. So you always join as a soldier first when you do basic training, that's learning to be a soldier. And my job was actually, it was like a driver lineman. So I was basically, I was in the role of signals, which is like all that right. IT comm stuff. But I didn't really do any of that. I was primarily a driver. Um, so you have to get like your class two and then you can get a position in the gym and then obviously you can then go on to do your PTI course. And I was quite lucky that I actually got like a full-time job working in the gym as a PTI. Yeah. Um, and so that was from 2005 till 2010. And I actually did my first bodybuilding competition in 2009 whilst I was in the army. So I didn't know anything about prep. I was It was all self-taught. This was before you had prep coaches you know, it wasn't the industry it was now. It was all self-taught. Um, I actually removed myself from the internet because I was like, I was reading so many different, like, conflicting things. I was like, I'm just going to do what makes sense to me. And then I did my first show in 2009. I'm just looking at my, my trophies. Um, and I actually managed to win that show, which was really good. Um, and then I was pretty much hooked ever since. What was that, sorry? What show was that? That was the UK BFF. I think it was um, Southwest. It used to be the one in Dorchester. Oh, yeah. yeah, um, so yeah that, that would have been big back then, wouldn't it? It no. was, yeah. It was very big back then. It was only, it was only really them and Nabba around at that time, to be honest with you. It's funny, isn't it, how times change and they're kind of more quieter shows. You know, if you had a client that wanted to do a quiet show, you'd put them in UK BFF or Nabba now, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's nuts worthy and this is gone. And, you know, I think I've been in it quite a long time. I've kind of seen the rise and fall of many people, many federations and many businesses in that period. So, so yeah, so from there, I kind of competed in 2009. Um, really enjoyed it. Decided at that point, okay, I want to leave the army. Uh, I got married for the first time very young. And then I actually got a job working in like the corporate fitness industry. So I used to manage um, health clubs, which typical bodybuilders would absolutely hate. However, they pay pretty well. Um, and, you know, I... No, well, I don't manage. I just work in one. But, yeah, I'd never train there. Yeah. Um, so, I, no. Well, I did because I could train on shift. Um, oh, and yeah. It was quiet. So I started off with a company called LA Fitness. Yeah, yeah. I was there for a while. And then, um, then I was... Then I ran gyms for Nuffield Health. Um, so I was a general manager for three of the different sites for Nuffield Health. Um, again, really enjoyed it, but it kind of got to a point where I felt like I gained everything I needed to gain from there. And there was nothing else that I could learn from that kind of environment. So it kind of guess that is a really quick, like fast track into where we are today. And obviously I'll go on to 
um, how I started the muscle shed and stuff in a minute. But yeah, in regards to bodybuilding, um, I've done 18 shows now since 2009. Um, so quite a lot. And do you want to like explain to people that don't know you, like what class you can be in? And Yeah, absolutely. So um, I've done quite a lot. So um, I started as a junior. Um, so I did a couple of years as a junior. And then I took a bit of time off to then do the UK BFF intermediates. Um, and obviously I went from junior to intermediates. And this was a time before you had men's physique, before you had classic. You were a bodybuilder. If you were small, you had to get big. Um, and, you know, I've, I've never been blessed with being the biggest guy in the world, but I've always been a shaped guy. I've always had like a nice small waist. I've always had quite a nice V taper. So that's always been like one of my strengths. So I did okay in, in the intermediates. Um, and then I kind of did a few shows in intermediate and then um, I qualified for the British finals, um, which then means you can't obviously compete as an intermediate. And then I then moved into like the, um, the under 90s. And um, so this was kind of towards like the tail end. So I think that was, that was 2017. I came second um, in the UK BFF show. And then that was kind of the time really when the UK BFF kind of started to fizzle away. Um, and then the PTA started coming up. Um, and then I thought, you know, this was when like classic kind of came about as well. So then I kind of jumped over and did a couple of um, PCA shows. Um, so I've kind of competed as classic ever since like 2018. So I've done a few PCA shows and I've done a couple of two bro shows as well. Um, I did FitX last year, but that was in the open class. Um, and yeah, it's, I, I've competed in, um, it was IFBA, no, not IFBA, something like that. I can't remember what it was. No, it was different to that. It was this one here. Um, that one there. It was like the Barbarian Classic. Um, that is IBFA, isn't it? No, it, it was something like IB... It was IBFF. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah, no, I've never done an IFBA. There's too many federations now. It's like, it's like really saying the alphabet. They're all letters as well, aren't they? Like, yeah. You're, I, you're like, I don't even know what this stands for, but yeah, yeah there's, the, there's, there's a lot. So yes, yeah, so I've kind of competed with quite a few federations. I've never really done NABA just because their classic was always too low for me. Mm. Um, and, you know, I didn't really feel like I had the size for the opening NABA. Um, but yeah, I've done like pretty much like all of, all of the main ones. So this year I haven't competed because I've been really business focused um, and also trying to fix a few injuries. So I'm getting old now, but I do plan on competing again next year. Um, I don't know why, but I absolutely love bodybuilding. I love competing. I'm like a massive fan. Like even before I competed, I used to go and watch shows. Like as you yeah. know, a young, you know, seventeen year old kid, I'd you know, I'd, I'd go and watch some UK BFF shows before I even competed. What was that? Sorry. Were you when you did the first one then? Um, I think I was about nineteen. That's young. Yeah, because that was back when juniors was 21 and under. And then obviously they changed it. Yeah, in 2015, it then changed to 23 and under. Um, So, yeah, so that that was back when when you could be a little bit younger um, for that one. So, yeah, I think, like, I kind of started off when, like, James Hollinshead, like, was kind of competing and Lewis Breed were doing quite well in the juniors. Um, Yeah. And then actually, like, my third show was Luke Sandow's first show. So he won the juniors 
in the um, South Coast show, which was in which was in Portsmouth. Um, so I remember seeing him on stage for the first time. Then yeah, he's pretty big <laughs> for a junior. Yeah. Oh no, way. that's cool. So kind of like what got you into bodybuilding then? Because you said you kind of you didn't know anything about it. You didn't know what it yeah. was. And you're just like, I'm going to compete. Yeah. So it's a good question. So um, I think I've all, I used to like watching WWE wrestling when I was younger. Yeah. Um, back then it was called WWF. So I think I've always kind of like looked at the muscular physique and wanted to look like that. But let's be honest, like, you know, I don't, I don't mind I saying it. On stage day. Pardon? <laughs> I don't fight anyone on stage day. No, but you kind of just look at those physiques. But um, but yeah, back then I wanted to fight people on the street. So it's kind of like more for, for that reason. But um, but yeah, I think I've always kind of been like attracted to wanting to have. And I think I've had a six pack for as long as I can remember. And like, let's be honest, I don't mind saying this, but as a young male, like I started lifting weights because I thought if I've got a good physique, I'm going to attract more women. Yeah. But it's funny because it gets to a point where that shifts. And, and me, yeah. and my, me and my wife, Lucy, laugh all the time. Because say, for example, I'm, I'm lean and I'm a few weeks out of a competition. I'm not the type of guy to walk around in a vest. But let's say, for example, I have. Um, every single woman will walk by and they won't even look at me. And every single male will just be like this. <laughs> so it, I don't know at what stage that happens where the women shut off and go, nope. And then males are like more like drawn to it than women. So we start off for the for the for the reason for, to attract women, but it doesn't go that way. What was that? Sorry. I think this is like some science project we can do because I think it's the same with women. Like when I'm bigger, yeah. it's like that. It, it's not a good thing, but you know when you're slightly bigger, men find you more attractive. And then there's a point where you're like kind of lean, but not like yeah. bony lean. That's yeah. And then you get to a point where you're stage lean, and that's not attractive. So how yeah. out is it? Where's you know, so? Where's the I, point? I know the answer to that question. So my wife Lucy is extremely attracted to me when I'm like six weeks out, six weeks because out. your abs look really nice. You know, you've got the nice little those little yeah. bottom lines going on. You know, you look really nice. But it gets to the point. No, when Lucy starts saying I look disgusting, I'm like, though normally when I'm kind of like four, three weeks out and I'm training and you've got veins coming everywhere and my wife is looking at me in disgust, I see that as a compliment. I'm like, yes, <laughs> I, mu I, I must be ready. Yeah. Most people would get butthurt about the wife saying they look disgusting. But for me, I'm like, yes, this is great. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I, I yeah, don't know it, what the point is for me. But do you think, it, like, because obviously when females look lean, like whether men find that more attractive do you know what's or weird? less? So I've dated when I've been in prep, right? And guys are like, yeah, but you're going to get really skinny and it's really disgusting and all of this. And I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, whatever. And like, it's never bothered me because I do it for me. Yeah. And like I said, yeah. I've been dating. It's never been like a serious relationship when I've been in prep. So yeah. I genuinely don't give a shit what they think about me. <laughs> but when you're in when you're in prep anyway, yeah. When you're in prep anyway, trying to find a boyfriend or a girlfriend or whatever is probably the last thing you're worried about when you're yeah. when yeah. you're on prep. But they like their opinion anyway because they're men and some men yeah. need to give your yeah. opinion 
you know, which I really absolutely. Um, but the in- the internet has allowed everyone to have an opinion, so yeah. it, it it's crazy because uh, you know even even on TikTok I've started a TikTok page solely for the purpose to promote the business, and I try and keep that more fitness oriented where I give someone like a bit of fitness advice. Bear in mind I've been training for a long, long time, so I know a little bit about training, um, and. I get people saying to me, like, I, I think I actually copied him. I, I made a bit of a rant. I don't, I don't rant about stuff, but I just kind of put it out there on Instagram. Yeah. And people are calling me fat and saying, like, why does everyone now think they're a fitness guru? Like, you've got a gut on you. Like, you know what I mean? You, you can't give fitness advice because you're fat. And I, I've got very thick skin. You're not really going to offend me. You can try and I'll welcome the challenge. But when, when you've been 16 and you've been called every name under the sun when you're in the army, and I don't really take life too seriously. Like, I give a lot of abuse, but I can also take it um, back as well. It's kind of just the humour that I've got. Um, and, yeah, it, it, it was just absolutely bizarre that it's like people – and I was trying to explain to people because – I put it on Instagram and everyone's like, mate, why don't you just show them a picture of when you're like staging? And I said, because I don't need to. I was like, I do not need to prove myself to these people. If they can't see that what I'm saying is correct, that's on them, not me. My job is not to try and convince those people that I know what I'm talking about. If they choose not to take my advice, which I'm giving free of charge, and I've done this for a long time. They don't wish to take that advice on board, then that's on them. But flipping that on its head, if I was shredded and I was to give advice, this the same people are still going to come at you, but with something different going, yeah, whatever, mate, how often do you inject? Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? So it doesn't matter what you're trying to do. If you try and live your life to please these people and you kind of get sucked into this rabbit hole of, of trying to like, you know, get, get into arguments with people that they enjoy it like they get that serotonin release from getting you to bite but you ain't going to get me to bite so it's kind of like you know going back onto what we said about you know everyone having an opinion and they're always going to have it anyway and and like you said you know their their opinion at the end of the day means absolutely zilch you're probably never going to meet these people again and it's irrelevant but I do really really worry that not everyone's like me and some people are very sensitive some people are very body and that was what I was saying on Instagram I'm like listen I can use me as an example because I'm able and I'm old enough to be able to take this But, but if you've got you know a 21 year old female that is really suffered with body confidence issues for whatever reason she wants to grow a platform whether to talk about her experiences or to grow a business or just to share what she's learned and it, put, it might take her six months to build up the courage to put something online and people absolutely rip her a new one and call it, oh, you're fat, oh, you're this, oh, you're that, oh, you're this, oh, you're ugly or whatever. Like that could absolutely destroy that person forever. And that's what I hate. I was talking to this, um, a girl work about the other day and like for a long time, I'd be very nervous to write anything or say something because I'd be like, well, who am I to say this? And like, I think, yeah. that and I'm like, and then you see like PTs or whatever in gyms and you see coaches that are offering advice and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. I'll hold my hands up. I'm not the best coach in the world, you know? Of course I'm not. But I'm not dangerous. And I'm not pe- putting people at risk. And I, I can hand on heart say that. Yeah, there's coaches that are doing that, charging fucking 10 times the amount I do. Yeah. And I think but... actually, like, I'm not doing that. And yeah. you can find it hard to say stuff sometimes, but actually, like, you know you're right. 
you know yeah. what is right and people can come at you and, and that's fine and I think I'm at a point where I just don't have the energy for it and when people rise and people message me and being like giving me shit for stuff I just go that's lovely but I literally don't care yeah that see, is that so thank you for your opinion and then I just let the results talk for themselves yeah see I use it now as a positive so TikTok the way it works and algorithms if people comment on my post, it's great because all it does is boost me up the algorithms and people laugh because I'm just like so sarcastic back. Um, and I'd be like, thanks for your input, mate. I hope your training's going really well. And people actually comment and go, I, I love how much hate this guy gets and like how he responds. Like, because yes, do you want my arms aren't my best body part. My triceps suck, but my quads are pretty impressive. And somebody the other day commented on my leg press because um, I was training with one of our athletes, Lindsay King. Um, I was just messing around doing the leg press and I had her standing on it. Um, and I was like, lifting weights is cooler, but lifting people is even cooler. And, um, and someone wrote, but doing full reps is even cooler than that. And I just wrote back going, good luck locking your knees out on the leg press. Please let me know how you get on with that. And he's just like... It's like, come on. And, and that's funny because I was like, people, people bash me if I try and give people advice on the best way to grow their tricep because, yeah, my tricep sucks. So people think, well, it hasn't worked for you, but, you know, it, it will work for you. It's just my genetics suck. But then at least when it comes to quads, at least people can't really say, oh, well, doing three quarter reps on the leg press isn't going to make your legs big. So it's like, well, my legs are all right. So <laughs> my argument's a little bit stronger. And it annoys me because they don't know you as a person. Like I had someone yeah. come up to me in the gym and say, like, you get it on TikTok, right? I've had it in the gym. Blokes come up to me telling me, you shouldn't be lifting weights because it will make you muscly and that's disgusting. I'm like, oh, sorry, you weird old man. I was doing this to impress you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some bloke come and tell me that I should, oh, you need to be squatting if you want to grow your legs. I was like, I can't squat. Like, my hips and my knees are fucked. If I try and squat, yeah. like, that's an issue. You know, I'm in a yeah. lot of pain. Um, but no, I apparently... Yeah squatting properly I was like you've never seen me squat like go away yeah. and I have people like that like when I have squatted oh yeah but you don't you don't go ass to grass I'm like I can't like I physically yeah. cannot do that so yeah. I'm to and it doesn't actually matter but and and the, th and the thing is everyone is an expert when it comes to fitness yeah and you you grow to know that like everyone is an expert that's fine be an expert enjoy it and you know the ones that are the experts because they're still around in 10 years' time. Like, I've seen so many coaches, athletes, bodybuilders, flavor of the months that pop up, like the, what do you call them, influencers that pop up and, they, and they're still, and they disappear and they're not around. Like, one thing I've got going about myself is <clears throat> longevity. I, I've been doing this for a while and, you know, we, we'll obviously come on to like the future in a minute, but, you know, hence why I'm still doing things around the bodybuilding industry but maybe not necessarily me being on stage but I will be in the bodybuilding and fitness community until the day I die because I absolutely fucking love it and when you love what you do then every single day is just awesome and that sounds cheesy as hell um but it's it's so true and you get to a point where you can kind of step back and I think one thing about me within the fitness industry is that I don't think many people, there'll be a couple, but not many people will say negative things about me as a person because I'm almost like Switzerland. I'm in the middle. So, yeah, yeah. you know, there's always been shit between federations. There's always beef between people. There's always beef between coaches. And I'm very Switzerland. I'm in the middle. 
don't get me wrong, there's lots of things in the industry now that I'm seeing that I literally like have to like scratch my eyes out when I see it. I've seen some things today and I'm just looking and it just, I'm just like, what is, it, it hurts me because I love this industry. And when I see things happening and I'm savvy enough to understand why, it, it breaks me inside to see people destroying the industry that I love so much. And I don't know why all federations can't just support one another. I don't know why coaches can't support each other. I don't understand why gyms can't support each other because there's enough cake for everyone to have a decent slice of and just create a community where we all support each other rather than trying to rip each other apart. And actually, like, what's that doing for the athlete? Federations having a go at each other. Coaches. I saw two coaches um, at a show I was at um, not that long ago. Well known, very well known coaches. Shouting at each other. The show had finished, everyone's walking out. And they were shouting, squaring up to each other. And I'm like, how bad is that? Yeah. Even if I was considering going with either of those, which I wasn't anyway. There's no Because that to me is just ridiculous like why would you speak yeah. and and the thing is that i would say is just be patient because everything comes out in the open now and you know i'm not going to name drop this this is your channel but the, the, there's people around there at the moment that are getting called out for some stuff that i know is true and exactly. it is it, i think everybody probably does that's listening yeah. and it's all coming out in the open now and finally people are standing up against people but I see it all the time where like everyone, uh, like everyone absolutely brown noses, the people are the federations that they need to brown nose. As soon as that collapses, everyone starts calling them out. And I'm like, mate, you went. And two-faced people drive me crazy. Like one thing I say is like anyone can say anything about me, but no one would ever, ever be able to question my integrity because that for me is the most important thing that I never lie because I don't mind telling people the truth. And I also have no issue with saying I'm wrong. So I will never, ever, ever lie. Like even in my corporate, you know, when I was working in the corporate world, if I fucked up, I'd say I fucked up. Because yeah. at the end of the day, we all make mistakes. But I would rather admit to making a mistake than anyone ever having an opportunity to question my integrity. Because that is one of my core values that I hold strongly over anything. And that's what I teach my kids as well. Like if you do something and you mess up, you break something, we all make mistakes, but please never lie to me because as soon as people question your integrity, then, you know, you as an individual, it's just a downward spiral from there and no one can really trust you. So having, having you know, the strong morals of integrity for me is really important. So right. you see it all the time. like Yeah, so people, that person you're talking about, I know that people are now leaving that coach because they don't trust them. And, you know, they, and I, you know, I've spoken to personally, some of those people, they've been fine, yeah. never actually personally had an issue, but yeah. that, you question it and you go, actually, like, I don't want to be associated with that. Yeah. Yeah. And and there's a few things within like the, the wider spectrum of the, in the industry that I don't like, I saw it yesterday where now, and it was how it was presented. So um, there's a federation now, um, it's a UK BFF. Um, and they're starting to issue a yellow and red card system for people who can't pose correctly on stage. But that was also then linked into, so, you know, make sure that you prepare and 
if you want to ha- sign up to my posing coaching, then here's a link before. And I'm like, so we're creating a system for people solely to profit off when bodybuilding is as expensive as it is. Like, and that's why, you know, we both judge for, for FitX now and we both do a lot of work with FitX and we've seen where people may not be doing the poses correctly, whether that's nerves or because they've been taught incorrectly or they've been self, you know, I, I, I prep myself for my first show. Like I, I put the Mr. Olympia on and I just thought I was doing what I needed to do. So, you know, full well, at least I will say to Mike, oh, that, and then Mike will go up to him and tell him and they'll correct it. And, you know, once they're corrected, then they're hitting the pose right and we can judge them fairly. Imagine going, yellow card. <laughs> Number 62, you've got a yellow card. You're like, what the fuck? Like, those girls on stage, I've had girls that come to me and they've been taught by a posing coach already. So I coach posing. Yeah. And what they've been taught is either just completely wrong or completely weird or just mm-hmm. not right. It doesn't suit them. Yeah. And then I'm having to reteach them. They've come to me and I've sorted that issue out for them. But what if they did yeah. that? And then they've gone on stage like that. Mm. That's not their fault. They've done. They've gone to a posing coach who has said, I yeah. can coach you posing. They've paid that money to then be humiliated. Yeah. That's awful. Yeah. And a lot of it, John, nerves have an effect on the brain. Yeah. So when people are really nervous, your brain doesn't function correctly. I'm sure most people have experienced that before. You know, you might go up and do a presentation, a speech, whatever that may be, and you've rehearsed it a million times and it's like, boom. And then we people have all had it where then it comes to doing this presentation and all of a sudden you go, boom, shit. Yeah. I've t- look, look at Dragon's Den, for example. Like, prime example, how many of those people have practiced, practiced, practiced those pictures when they're in that position where they're nervous, that something just, boom, shit. I don't even know what my net growth is like all all these things where people have it. So that might be the case as well, that people are generally just nervous and they put the foot position wrong. You know, the the, the left leg um, is is straight. It should be the rear one or something like that. Something really simple like that, but they're just nervous and they forget. And it's like, but just by slowing down and say, okay, do this properly, hit that leg straight, that one bend. Okay. Then happy days. They've remembered. So I mean, like, I've had a client get on stage and she started hitting this pose and I was like, we've never hit that pose. <laughs> from the beginning, I was watching her like, what? But I knew she was really, really nervous and she just went on. Exactly. Like, Where does that come from? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and it happens. I, I've seen it happen to people. We've all seen it where they say a quarter turn to the right and someone will turn to the left. Yeah. Like, we're grown adults. We know the difference between our rights and lefts. If you don't, just yeah. do that. That one's the left. Um, yeah. everyone's done that and everyone has turned the wrong way because they're just nervous so yeah. again to penalise people for that just so we can try and rinse a bit of extra cash out of people so they buy a posing coach for me that just doesn't sit very well no, absolutely not so let's stop talking about the negative let's stop talking about the negative stuff because um, I always I always whinge when people are always like so so negative so let's bring some more positivity yeah. to the conversation because there's lots of things that are good within the um, bodybuilding industry as well and I think it's very easy just to dwell on the negatives so when there's lots of positive stuff going on there is so like my next question for you is something I actually find quite interesting having a lot of friends in the military is being in body 
like being in the military and doing bodybuilding and kind of competing as well like how did you do all that because I'm guessing you had like your meals and everything all done for you um so how did you manage that so so it's very difficult and um again when people kind of like um comment about difficult preppers try prepping when you're in the army so I was in a fortunate position that I tried to kind of create an environment where I was able to have a little bit of freedom and flexibility. So I worked in the gym, which was a very small team. And I was very thankful that my boss, although he hated bodybuilding, um, he was like one of the best marathon runners in the army. Um, he was such an awesome guy. Um, but yeah, we were chalk and cheese in regards to what we were, what we were interested in. So, so I was kind of fortunate enough that, that I could kind of, eat my meals because I worked at the gym you know my day was like I've got to teach these um PT sessions um so the the time around that was kind of flexible so obviously when I was like a young sprog then yeah I just had to do whatever I could when you're out in the exercise when you're out in the field for two weeks I'd take these Quaker oat bars which are gross and I used to take beef jerky and this was I can't honestly I can't eat it anymore because it brings back bad memories. Um, but again, this this was a time before protein bars. So it's not like you just throw a crate of protein bars in your bag. Um, they used to have these protein bars. It was called the big one. <laughs> you know what? I'm sure I've heard of them. I've probably oh, li- them. And they're rank, aren't they? It was like eating a brick. Like yeah. my jaw, maybe that's why I've got such a good jawline. So people say because of the many years of trying to chew these bricks. Um, so yeah, so I, I may do with what I could do. And I remember when I decided to do like my first prep, I actually wasn't working in the gym. I had to get put back in my troop because I won't go into why, but something big happened. I had to go back into my troop, and I also got promoted. Um, and my staff sergeant, um, his name was John Kelly. I still keep in contact with him today. And maybe if it wasn't for him, maybe I wouldn't have gone down the route I did. And someone that he knew was a bodybuilder. Um, and I said to him, I was like, staff, I was like, I'm doing this competition. I was like, how much annual leave have I got? And can I take it all off in once? <laughs> so he was like, okay. So I had four weeks. So I was like, okay. So I went back up north to Hull and took four weeks off. And just prepped for that four weeks. And do you know Dan Wellburn? You must know Dan yeah, Wellburn. Yeah. So I went to school with Danny. He's a couple of years older than me. Um, so so I think he competed the year before me. So like he he was in Hull. So I obviously had a few conversations with him because he already has done a show and I didn't. Um, so so yeah, I just I, I just thought I was doing the right thing. Like thankfully, I was like the best conditioned and the best shaped, but I wasn't the biggest, and that's always been the story in my bodybuilding career. Um, and yeah, I went off and then won my first show and went back and I was kind of hooked from there. And then you know, obviously that's when I decided, actually, I want to I want to do this more. Um, I wasn't enjoying the army anymore. Um, and yeah, then just kept going from there. So yeah, it's very, very different, but you just got to be resourceful and it's with anything in life. Like you just, I, I hate excuses. I cannot stand excuses. Like it drives me crazy. I say find less 
Like, so stop trying to think of how to create an excuse. Spend that energy in trying to create a solution and you'll soon, soon start achieving more things in your life. I'm not talking about bodybuilding, but anything in general. It's easy to say why we shouldn't do something rather than thinking actually we should and this is how we're going to do it. So I despise excuses. Um, that's why I keep my lifestyle coaching to a minimum because um, I, I people have to understand that I'm quite direct and they have to appreciate that style of coaching, um, which thankfully most of them do. Um, so yeah, so it's just about being resourceful, using what you've got around you. I did. I had a room that is absolutely tiny, and I had a George Foreman grill, a fridge, and a microwave in it, <laughs> and I cooked all my meals with that. And that's just what I had to do. I think I did one prep and I did literally. So I did, I've done one prep where I've lived just out of my George Foreman because yeah. you can cook everything on it. Like you can cook your chicken, you can cook your yeah, bread. Great. Maybe not eggs, but everything. Mike, but if you've got a microwave, you can microwave your eggs. Don't get me wrong, you, you, yeah. mute, you mute the shot them. They don't taste great. But when that's the only way you've got to cook them, you just do it. Yeah. Um, and then last prep, I think I lived out of my air fryer. Yeah, I, see, I've got one of the old school, like, T-Falacta fryers. We used yeah. to use it for sweet potato fries, but I've seen these, like, little ninja things. But That's I kind of I like the way... Yeah, they're, they're, they're quite common these days. Um, yeah, to be fair, I'm quite happy with, with with the resource I've got. I hate microwave rice. Um, I cook rice the old-fashioned yeah. way on a pan. I don't like rice cookers. Um, also, my, my wife likes a nice, pristine-looking house, um, so she doesn't want too much crap on the sides, like rice cookers and ninjas and all this kind of crap. So, yeah, she likes clean work surfaces, which is good for me as well. I've got a bit of OCD, so I kind of like clean um clean lines i don't like too much chaos because it makes my brain a little bit uh, so yeah I'm a, I'm a tidy clean freak as everyone calls me so yeah so prepping the army it's hard but it's doable if you just find resources and ways of doing it the only thing that was hard was having to run and again i was quite savvy so i would take i'm gonna be trying to be politically correct here um, let's just say I would take the injured soldiers for their PT, which was normally swimming. And because I was a little bit more switched on when it comes to exercises and okay, if you've got this injury, we can do this. So I would always take those guys for COs PT on a Friday, which would normally be like a two hour run. So I would be quite tactful and teach those guys. I could just do something in the gym with them or just take, you know, 50 of them in the swimming pool and do some stuff in the pool, which then meant I didn't have to run. So I would always train legs on a Friday because it meant I had Saturday and Sunday, which I knew I wouldn't have to go run because my boss loved running and he loved to watch me struggle running. So he would be like, right, fat boy, come on, we're going for a run. And I'd be like, fuck, I trained legs yesterday. <laughs> so, so, and you, and you can't say no, like, oh, yeah. sorry, sir, but I trained legs yesterday. Fucking put your running shoes on and get outside. Um, so yes, yeah, so I'd always train legs on a Friday. So I knew I had two days to recover before then obviously may happen to run. So yeah, it's, it's, it's very different, but. He's doing cardio in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I fucking hated you though. Who? Your joints, your knees. Yeah, so that, that's partly one of the reasons why I had to leave because my biomechanics, if I do with like a single leg squat when I'm running, my knee goes inwards. 
And yeah. obviously I can perform squats because I can, you can focus on technique of the 10 reps, but you can't when you're running 40 miles or 40 pounds on your yeah. back. So I've done that. Um, and that constant tension on the wrong part, it's obviously, and the arm is not good for your joints anyway. And I remember the last exercise that I was on, you have to, you've got your rifle, you have to get down on one knee. And I remember my knees just saying to me, mate, what are you doing? Because I wanted to go PT core, um, which is, Something like PTI is you're still in the raw signals, but you're attached to the PTI in the gym. Um, and then when you PT call, that is what you do full time. There's a few different routes you can do, but I won't go into that. Um, so that's what I, I joined the army because I wanted to go PT core, but it's like nine months training. And I'm talking when, when you're on the camp, the, the school of PT, you can't walk, you have to run everywhere. So I was thinking, oh, eight months, yes, I could probably get through it. But by the time I'm the age I am now, I probably will really struggle just to stand. So I had to make a, a decision at that point. So that's actually the reason I didn't join the army. I actually really wanted to join the army, but my knees are fucked. And I remember my dad saying yeah. to me, you can't. He said, because if your knees are bad now, you yeah. have all those exercises, running with your Bergens and that on, he was like, you're going to be even more fucked. And I knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't get through the first week because I knew my knee just wouldn't let me. Yeah, exactly. Shin splints is the biggest one in basic training. Yeah. Everyone like has to get medically discharged for shin splints. Um, because you don't realize you're having until you got weight on your back and you start running and you're not wearing your nice comfortable Nike hundred pound running trainers. You're wearing some shit boots. Um, so so yeah, it, it's very different. And my brother's still in the forces now, so he's a staff sergeant now. He's been in. He joined like 18 months before me. So he's been in quite a long time. So, and his back's absolutely in bits. Like everyone I know that's been in the army for a long time, your body just breaks because you're not designed to do what the army wants you to do. And you're not taught the correct way of doing yeah. it as well. So yeah, it's I think not like now my body is fucked. And I think if I'd have gone in, yeah. I don't even know how long I'd have lasted before I'd been medically discharged. Because yeah. yeah, I've got shin splints, which is why I don't run. Yeah. I don't run, but that's one of them. Yeah. And it sucks. Shins. <laughs> yeah. Remember the first day I got them, I was in the gym and I sat on the floor, like just holding my legs, trying yeah, to fucking hard, hard, right? yeah. Yeah. I've never felt pain like it. I literally felt like my leg was splitting in two. I I get it. Every so when when I bulk up in the off season, I do zero cardio because I've got a fast metabolism. So I really struggled to put size on. Um, so as soon as I start doing cardio outside, my shins are crying. Sometimes I might go on the bike for a few weeks just to drop the kind of excess weight. So then when I'm walking, it's not as bad. Yeah. But yeah, I, I struggle with it still now, but you can kind of, you can kind of manage it. The only thing that I'm really happy using, anything else, just something hurts. Or it was my yeah. or it's how, I, know, I know a gentleman should never ask, but how old are you? Uh I was 25 for the third time a few months ago. Okay. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So, so you're almost knocking on the door of 30. Yeah, almost, but not quite. Almost, almost but yeah. not quite. I'm 27. Fine. Yeah, okay. Well, Fine. 30, like, you can't ask me then? No. 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 I won't. I think that's so, when it's like the time you're not allowed to ask when someone's 30. That's too is that old. the rule, is it? Is that the rule? Yeah, like you can ask a man because that's okay. But once a woman hits 30, you revert back to 21. See, I've always struggled because um, I was a general manager at quite a young age. So I was a general manager at like 23. And at that point, I've already worked my way through the corporate world very quickly. And I already did five years in the army. And I also did a lot before I joined the army. So even when I was 23, people assumed I was 30 just because of the position I was in. 
And yeah. I'm like, no, I'm 23. He's like, fuck off. I'm like, thanks. I was like, I just had I had paper around when I was younger. <laughs> See, I am. Um, I always. So, so this is the point, Molly. You're supposed to say, no, you don't look 33. You don't look 33. I would put you at 34. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, I was going to say you can say that now. I've kind of like, I've like racked it up for you. Yeah. Okay. yeah no, um, I used to um, have the opposite. So I used to like. Um, like it's like duty managers and stuff in shops and you know you get especially in retail you get people yeah. they're like no oh, let's start kicking off I want to talk to the manager and you're like talking and because I was young because I went straight into work after sixth form you can't be the manager yeah. you're so young because I've always looked younger than I am and I was just like well I yeah. am they just continue to shout at me and I'll continue to not give a shit to be honest um yeah yeah it's, it's a weird world isn't it um so after all that sure is. you started obviously the muscle shed so what is the muscle shed yes what is the muscle shed so it's very funny because like the muscle shed was an accident so I've always had this kind of entrepreneurial itch that I've always wanted to scratch yeah um, you can't get cream for it I've asked um so I've always kind of had, you know, I've, I, you know, I managed businesses when I was in the leisure industry. I've always kind of had an interest in business. And during the first lockdown, um, I was actually still working because the gym that I was managing still had a nursery, which we had to keep open for key workers. So I had to go in every day just to support the nursery manager and just make sure the building was safe and just be an adult in the building, basically. So I'm so hyperactive. And not just physically, mentally. Um, I need to be like mentally and physically challenged all of the time. I'm terrible. Um, so I got bored and I've got quite a decent sized garden. Um, and I was just bored one day and I had some cones and I started putting cones out. My wife's like, what are you doing? I was like, I reckon I could build a gym back here. And she's like, pardon? You're not trained at work? Yeah, I did. I, I also bought some stuff for the house for the weekend. And then they started getting a bit funny. So a few people were getting caught going into the gym. So they were being a little bit more strict with it. And um, so, yeah, I was I was trying to take Lucy in there. But it just got to a point where it's like, you know, and, and everyone knew because not many GMs in the fitness world train, probably like hardly any of them. And as soon as everyone was saying about people training, everyone just said me. And everyone knew it was, everyone knew it would be me because I would train in there. And um, but I just thought anyway, on the weekends, I've got two kids, you know, the gym was in Bristol, we had a crash and I just wanted a place where I could train on my own and also train with Lucy in the evening because she really likes training with me um, and she finds it more motivating. So I thought, you know I, could, I could build a gym back here. And then I started digging the ground up and then... I decided to build a concrete base and then I thought, yeah, this is cool. And then I ordered a load of gym kit from China because at the time you couldn't get any in the UK. Um, I vlogged it all on YouTube and the title is Ordering Gym Equipment from China. And it's my best viewed video ever. Like, I, I honestly still get messages to this day asking me about, I was like the guy to get gym equipment in China. I like, I've done it once. I just thought it makes some, I'd just like to share like stuff you know, on, 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 on my YouTube channel. Um, so I just put it on there and it's like my best viewed video. Um, and then it just went from there. And then we had a gym in the back garden. It looked way better than what I anticipated. My wife is very good at interior design. So I'll give her the credit for that. And then she, she's very creative. She's the creative brains. And, you know, she obviously is, you know, 
a part of the business as well. Um, so she just jokingly said, and at this time I was still working at Nuffield, and she was like, oh, we've got to call it the Muscle Shed. And I was like, that's great. And then we looked online and nobody had the Muscle Shed. Nobody owned it. Um, so very quickly, you know, my wife created a logo, because she's very good at that. And we obviously like um, trademarked it um, and we trademarked the name. And then I thought, oh, this is cool. And I spoke to my boss all the way through because I was still in contact with him. I said, listen, I'm probably just going to do a little bit of personal training on the side because I really miss it and I really enjoy it. Um, and I was getting a little, <clears throat> a little bit bored of the, the corporate bullshit. Um, and I did one Facebook post and all of a sudden they got really funny about it. And, oh, you know, it's a conflict of interest. You know, you can't offer personal training when you work for Nuffield. I was like, I was like, the nearest Nuffield's 20 miles away from me. I'm not taking your clients. I'm like, if anyone needs to worry about me, it's anyone that's based in Chippenham, not you. I was like, no one's going to drive from bloody, you know, Bristol or Swindon to come and PT with me. They do. But at the time, I wasn't trying to take their business. Um, so anyway, they sent me an email and I didn't really appreciate the way he emailed me. He was, he was my new, he, he was a new boss. He wasn't my one that I had before. And um, yeah. you know, he he's trying to prove a point, basically. You know, you know what people like when they're in the new position, they get a little bit power mad. Um, and I'm not into that. I always just say, just, just talk to me like I'm a grown adult. Um, so I said to Lucy, I said, Joe, I really don't like the way they've dealt with this. After I've given them everything, I've missed my kids' birthdays. I've missed so much for me putting effort into this business because that's the type of person I am. I was like, I honestly think I can do this on my own. And she's always supported me and she's like, do it. I was like, thanks. So I handed in my resignation and then started personal training, went into lockdown, blah, 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 blah. But now where we are now is the personal training business is going very, very well, um, which is great. And I don't even promote it. Chipping's quite a small little area it's fairly affluent i say small it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger bigger nobody around here really offers the service that i offer with the knowledge and experience i've got and also the, the ability to train in like a private gym where you know people aren't surrounded which was a great selling point after covid so no one wanted to go back into busy gyms and it's also a great selling point for a lot of my clients the middle-aged females that want to lift weights but don't necessarily want to do it in a gym surrounded by blokes so it's a great selling point. And then I've always dabbled in online coaching, but I've always had lots of inquiries, but I've always said, listen, if I do anything, I need to do everything at the best of my ability. I'm very busy. And I had 90 members of staff at the last gym I used to manage. We had 4,000 members. It was a big gym. And right. I was like, I don't feel like I would give you the service that I would like to give. So I then started doing online coaching. And the really good thing is, is with lockdown it really forced me to focus on the online stuff and not necessarily focus on the pt stuff so you know i was doing like um, some lifestyle transformation programs so on and so forth and it kind of got to a point um it must have been just over a year ago i needed some like new knee sleeves and at that point i kind of got some like branded hoodies in the simple fact that i thought if all my clients buy a muscle shed hoodie they walk around chipping them. People are like, what's the muscle shed? It's just walking advertisement at the end of the day. So I thought it would just drip feed leads into my PT business. Um, and then I was like, oh God, I need some new knee sleeves. And Lucy, like she can find anything on the internet. It doesn't matter what it is, she can find it. Um, so, then, so then we kind of got my own branded knee sleeves. 
So we started off with knee sleeves, figure of eights, and lifting straps. So we got those in, going pretty well. And it's just evolved from there. Like now we've pretty much got like the full range. We've upgraded um, the logo now. So it's a really clean rubber logo, not the woven logos that most people use. And, um, you know, we, we're very fortunate, you know, we, we've got a really good supplier. So our quality of gym accessories is absolutely top notch. And, you know, we, we, we did the Fit Expo, we did the Arnold's last year, which was really, really successful. And we just try and get out and about as much as we can. And we've got a few new products launching next month, which I'm really excited for. So I'm just planning a marketing strategy around launching some new products for that. And um, but literally, I would love to kind of say some like real motivational thing, but it's all just been an accident. Like it is literally none of it was none of it was planned. Like none yeah. of it was planned. It's just been real organic. I've always wanted to do something. And then we finally found, because you know, like it's like relationships. I'm like, when you're looking for a relationship, you never find one. It's when you least expect it. I met Lucy at a friend's house, didn't expect it. So it's when you're not looking for something, sometimes it hits you right in the face. But sometimes you spend your life trying to find a business or come up with a business idea and you can't. So it's just been just very organic. And you know, when we brought out the gym accessories, I sent it off to probably like three pro bodybuilders that I'm friends with and a few of the like top amateurs. And I said, do me a favor. I said, I'm going to send you some products out. I was like, please, please, please be honest with me. I think they're great, but you know, I wanted to not just trust my own opinion. I wanted to trust other people's opinions. I said, try them, try it all. Let me know what you think. And every single person was like, these are unbelievable. These were amazing. I was like, okay, good. I'm onto something here. And then we've kind of rolled out more products, rolled out more products. And people laugh at me. So even if I bring out like, you know, we're, we're going to bring out some track suits um, next month, which is going to be really cool. They look absolutely sick. It has taken me, pardon? They match it. Yeah. Yeah, oh, and thank you. And then we've also got like a cropped hoodie as well for, for the ladies as well, um, which look really good. So we finally brought those out and it's taken me ages because I'm such a perfectionist. And I literally last month, I had two giant boxes of samples that I had to throw away. Because everyone's like, why don't you give it to people? I'm like, because if somebody sees this product and think that is a representation of my business, that's not good for business. So unfortunately, yeah. I hate doing it, but I have to get rid of it. I did recycle it. Um, so so we've like, you know, we, we tried like, we've like the jumpers and with the tracksuits and things like that. So I wash it probably 10 times before I will sell it. So I get the sample, I wear it, I train in it, I wash it. I might get a couple of others and give it to friends and clients, get them to do the same and then check the quality. If it's good, then I will bring it out. So I'm not the type of person that just because said that again. It's really hard to get stuff. Is. That is right. Because I've just recently had to change suppliers. Um, you know, I don't do what you do. I just do like some stuff that's got my logo on, you know, for clients. Yeah. yeah. Um, but to get a good quality, that's hard. To get a good mm -hmm. quality that I can print the logo on and the logo be good quality, that's hard. To be able to yeah. do them and put the logo where you want it and get it in like black because some stuff I can only yeah. get white. I'm like, this is so hard. Like black yeah. isn't that difficult. No, it, it it is very difficult. And 
you know, I've seen so many like fitness brands pop up and disappear. And, you know, for us now, we're really starting to see a bit of a change in direction in regards to just impacts that we're getting online, digitally. You know, we're collabing with some um, big brands and things. We've just done one, what we're doing at the moment with my cookie dealer. My, my Instagram following's grown by 450 in three days, which is phenomenal. Um, so, you know, it's all about building relationships, like people buying into us. And that's why we do the expos. That's why like, every single weekend I'm at a different location, I'm at a different show. I'm, I'm sponsoring things. I'm trying to get out there. And it's expensive. Yeah. People don't realize that how much, it, even just traveling somewhere, staying in a hotel, you know, food, accommodation, you know, I've got two kids that I've got to sort out. It's expensive. But for me, you know, just to just to have conversations with people. And we was at the show last weekend and someone came up to us like, oh, my God, yes, the muscle sheds here. Rang one of their friends and she was like, oh, yeah, can you get me another one of the vest tops? Because our vest tops of quality are insane. Um, and stuff like that, it makes it really worth it. And, um, you know, we, our big focus this year has been Amazon. Um which is way harder than we anticipated just in regards to even uploading it from a consumer perspective. Amazon is phenomenal from a seller's point of view. Amazon is hard as hell. Because I can't cancel prime and it's doing my head in because I don't want Amazon prime. Yeah. Cancel it. Yeah. Amazon are very good at being good at what they want to be good at. And um, so, you know, for example, you know, if, you, if I've got a lady's top and I've got it in five different colors like we do, and that has five or six different sizes, trying to upload that onto Amazon, I had to pay somebody externally to do it for us in the end, um, because it is so difficult to do. So the Amazon stuff's really picking up. We've really seen some momentum with Amazon. Um, but I'm terrible. I refresh my phone like every half an hour and like, you get that kind of like, that, that, that kind of like dose of serotonin every time someone makes an order or, you know, because you know, it's like when you start a business, it's your friends buy it first because they want to be nice and support you. Then it's friends of friends because they've seen their friends wear it and they also want to support you. And I've got quite a good, you know, um, I've got a good network because I've been in the industry for quite a while. So people want to see, you know, good people like be successful, which is great. And, you know, the whole COVID thing really helped people like me to shop local and support small businesses. Great. That's what we are. Um, so that has all been really beneficial. But when you start seeing orders come through from people, I have no idea who they are. Or when I see someone in a gym and they're wearing my stuff. I remember at the FitX, somebody came at the FitX, where somebody came on the first day and bought one of our vest tops. And she came back the next day and she was wearing it. And honestly, I was like, oh my, I was like, Lucy, look, look, someone's wearing it. Like, it was just like such a good feeling. We're so passionate about it as well. And it's like, we see ourselves in it all the time, but when you see people in it that you don't know, it's a really good feeling. And, you know, my, my kind of future aspirations for the business is that I want to be like the go-to like UK provider for gym accessories. So if someone thinks gym accessories, they think the muscle shed because they know me, you know, they've got a relationship with the owners. You can see who you're buying it for, you know, you know, I often post things about my kids and stuff like that. So you can see, who the business is supporting. And I think people buy from people, which is yeah. fundamental with business. Like people want to support people, which is really important. Um, and that's why I try and network as much as I can. I train at a different gym every weekend. You know, I kind of, you know, go, go to all the different shows that we go to. I try and get out there as much as I can because I think I'm very good at building rapport with people. 
And I think that that is really important. So, you know, like you, for example, you know, you, you're a client, you've got, um, you've got a good client base as a coach. So, you know, if people say to you, oh, my knees are a bit achy, you can say knee sleeves. And when they ask you where they are, you better send them to the muscle shirts. <laughs> you were saying to me, um, just before we started recording, I said, oh, what podcast have you listened to? And you said, oh, I can't remember what you called it now, but it was Fawns and you called him like, yeah. or something. yeah, <laughs> his kid. So he was, this is when his wife was pregnant. I knew they're having a little boy. Has got one of your baby grows with the little baby. Oh, really? I love yeah, that. I, I love that. Like the cutest yeah. thing. Um, it, at the Bournemouth show last year. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I've got to get that for him for his little baby shower present. Yeah. yeah so that is like, that is like our little golden nugget, right? So, um, and again, it was all an accident. So my little boy, like, Kids want to do what their parents do. You're very influential as a parent, okay? And that's why it's important to do the right thing so your kids make the right choices. So Finley, from a young age, you know, I live and breathe training. He's always got weights and stuff like that around. So I had my gym belt, and he was a little kid trying to wrap this gym belt around him, going, Daddy, it doesn't fit. Where's my gym belt? Lucy who is the renowned creative director for the business. She was like, I'm onto something here. So we created the baby grow and gym belt combo. Um, and also then like the, like the, like the toddler um, and the teens kind of tops and belts as well. And it's really good because, you know, like, you know, the, the whole family, you know, you can have baby, toddler, teen, mum, dad, all in matching stuff. And there's a real good, kind of market at the moment for family and matching stuff. Look at the Christmas pyjama market. It's massive because people like to match. It makes a cute picture for Instagram. So after the Arnold's, out of everything we sold, the baby grows, we're our biggest selling product. I'm happy to talk about numbers. We sold, I think we sold just over 70 baby grows. Like my, my phone was nuts with people tagging me into pictures of all these cute little babies in the gym with the belt with the dad. So so we, 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 we hit that market really, really well. And because we're a family, and you know, we, 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 it's all about having a story. And we have a story, which I've just explained then in regards to how it started. You know, it, it is very organic and genuine. And I think that is what makes success is having that like kind of like genuine, organic growth. And, you know, even, you know, we, we've kind of got a picture that we have at the Expos of Finley and me in our belts and like, him in speech will kind of say like, daddy, where's my belt? Um, and that's kind of how it started. We've got a new product that we're going to launch this year, again, within the baby community. I'm not going to say what it is because we kind of felt like a lot of people were paying a lot of attention to the baby stuff. So we think that people may look at jumping on the bandwagon. And if they do, that's fantastic. Because if people copy off you, you're doing something right. So if I see somebody else doing a baby grow and belt, no one's done that before me. No one. So I say me as we're a team. So that is going to be great if people actually copy off us. Say that again, sorry. So you and Lucy both do this full time now? Uh, Lucy's a part time air hostess. She always has. Um, so yeah, but Shuni is away like eight, nine days in a month. So when she's not, then yeah, she's... Um, Obviously, obviously, I do a lot of it. I, I, I'm the face of the business. I'm kind of like, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm the salesman. I, I'm the one kind of getting it out and about. But she does a lot of stuff in the background as well. So she does a lot of like, like, the, like the ordering process. Um, 
you know, she does a lot of like the designing the products and things like that. And then the, the creative stuff, the brand, she built our website. She was very much involved in doing the Amazon VIX. I had to leave that to her because, you know, my time is quite limited with, with everything that I do with my online clients and coaching, also my PT and, you know, the social media, you know, you know how taxing that is. So, so we, we make a really good team because, you know, I'm good at sales. I'm pretty good at social media. I'm good at like the rapport building, as is she. I think that's why like, when people come and speak to us on the stands at the expos, they buy into us, which then makes them buy into the business. And that's why, you know, just solely being an online digital base, I know that's the way the world's moving to, but, you know, I still think if I'm, I'm very old fashioned, like I come from an age where we talk in person and we don't just talk in front of a mobile phone. Um, so we've got the ability to build good rapport. Lucy's worked, you know, in, in the airline industry for 16, 17 years. She's very good at talking to people. So we're very good at building relationships with people. And that's obviously, you know, kind of what is going to help us drive the business forward. And, you know, people wanting to buy into us because, it, like I mentioned before, you know, the, the whole people buying from people. So, yeah. But, you know, what? I absolutely love it. It's so exciting. I love bringing out new products. And something I've been really bad at is one of my biggest weaknesses as an individual is patience yeah. on everything yesterday. Um, and I've been very poor when we've brought new products that I've been very bad at launching them. My biggest weakness, like I just get excited. I've spent all this money on stock. I want to get it online. I want to try and sell it. So this time for the next product, the tracksuits and the hoodies, um, I've put like a strategic campaign together. So I've got a photo shoot booked with Laz and also some video content. And um, so what we're going to be doing is properly rolling it out with a launch date in the hope that on that day it goes live, my phone's going ding, 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 ding. We're selling lots of them. Oh, it doesn't. <laughs> we'll oh, see. Laz is wicked. Like anyone that's watching, I might get Laz on here actually. His work is fucking awesome. And you yeah. don't even know he's doing it. No, he's he's very good. And so we 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 created a lot of brand content with him. So what we did is we did an event called the Meet and Eat because we're all about kind of building community as well. I always said that what I want to do is people that are at the beginning of their journey. And people that are further on in their journey, maybe at the top to pro level, I want to be able to link those people together. Yeah. And I want to try and build a community of that because there's a lot of egos in the fitness world. There's the whole influencer kind of thing. It gets to people's heads and people think because there's a number next to their name on Instagram, it gives them this kind of authoritative kind of like position over the average Joe, which I absolutely hate. That have told me they're going pro at the Arnold's this year. I hope they've yeah. got fucking pro cards because every one of their mum has told me they're going pro this year. I'm like, yeah. oh, Hash, hashtag road to pro. Um, yeah, I'm yeah, like, we're, regional, but okay. Yeah, we've, we've all seen it. So, so what I want to do is get people on board that, you know, are on the same kind of like wavelength as us. And, you know, we, we've got three athletes that we sponsor. So we've got Lindsay King. She's phenomenal. A great athlete. You know, she came third in um, uh, international debut in wellness. Um, but she is one of our closest friends now. You know, we've met her over twice this week and trained with her. You know, we go out with her. Like, we, she, you know, she's part of the family. 
Like we've also got Crystal that was one of our first, she was our first athlete that we brought on board. So I brought her on board so she could help and support in regards to like the female marketing. So obviously it was just me being the face at the start and she's been with us ever since. She's really supportive. She's great. I like the content that she puts out on social media. It's not your typical, you know, here's a product and here's my bum. Like, you know, it's very genuine. She trains hard and that's what I'm about. So, you know, she'll, you know, re- record her wearing the knee sleeves, you know, doing an impressive leg press. That's the content I love. Mm. I There's nothing I can stand more when someone puts a tub of protein on a gym bench, takes a picture of their bum. They have 100,000 followers that none of them are going to buy protein because guess what? They're not watching your content for your protein. Um, and that, that you know, they're, they're, they're these bloody influencers that think they're better than everybody else. Not for me. Um, now, we've also got Shan as well. Um, she's worked for Cali Sports Nutrition Bikini Competitor. Like, we get along. We just clicked. She was across the way from us on the stand at the FedEx. Um, and we just clicked. You know, we invited her to come along to the meeting, um, you know, before even she was an athlete with us. And, like, you know, we, we got to know her even more. She's just like a ball of energy. Uh, and, again, she trains really, really hard. And, again, her content is hair training really hard, which is what we love. So, you know, the people that we bring on board, like we're very selective and it's, it's really nice that probably in the last, even in the last like two weeks, I've probably had five people who have approached me for sponsorship, which is really nice. And, you know, I, that for me is a massive, massive compliment. Um, however, the way they go about asking for it or people want to use us to leverage them, which is fine. We all want to leverage off each other, but we need to do it together, not yeah. one person benefiting from the other. And we do live in a world where everyone wants everything free. And, you know, even at the, an expo, people are coming up to me, like people I've never even met saying, well, can I have a discount? So I've got this amount of followers now push on Instagram. I'm like, do you know what? Congratulations for your following. That that's really good. But unfortunately, we have our own athletes. We have, you know, we have, you know, they they, they promote for us. Um, you know, so unfortunately, no. Um, but for me, that's not the right way to go about it. Like, and and maybe I'm old fashioned, but it's all about rapport building, getting to know us, wanting to support us. Because guess what? If people don't want to support me as an individual, know me, know my values, know my goals. Same with Lucy's and vice versa. We need to know their goals. We need to know their values. We need to know that they click. Then absolutely. I'm always looking. I'm always looking for people in the background and kind of seeing, and I don't give a shit how many followers they have because the people that we have, when, when they do something, it's so organic. And I say to them, like, listen, I'm never going to ask you to post something. That's a lie. When we bring out the tracksuits, of course, I'm going to ask them to post it, but they'll do it anyway. Yeah. Um, but I never say, oh, you haven't tagged me this week. Can you please post a thing? Because no, because I don't want anything that isn't genuine because people can see right through it. So it has to be like authentic, like um, genuine. And it just needs to kind of, you know, be on board with the same values as we have. And then we're a match made in heaven. So um, but one nice thing that you can give back to the people that support you as well exactly what is the one thing you want anyone listening today to take away from the podcast so two things follow happiness don't follow trends don't follow money don't follow the crowd follow happiness and i guarantee it will improve your life and the second one question everything don't believe everything that you see. Should I believe that? Pardon? 
Should I believe that though? Should, you should question everything. <laughs> should question everything, especially if it's come from the media. Yeah. Ooh, controversial. Terrorist. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, cool. So thank you very much for joining me. And it's if anyone wants pleasure. to find you or your business or get some wicked knee sleeves, where can they find you? Yep. So if you follow us on Instagram, which is at the muscle shed, um, make sure it's the right one because we've just actually had a fake account copier. So you know you're doing it right when people are trying to like copy. Yeah, that's what I always say to people. Yeah, it's a giveaway, so we're gonna do a fake one. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. Yeah. Good. It happened to me. I thought I thought I won an ice bath. I was the happiest man in the world. And then it was like, input your card details. I was like, no. <laughs> but I had like, because again, I'm quite, I had like probably like 50 messages yesterday from people sending me screenshots. So I had to respond back to everyone going, thank you for letting me know, you know, we've reported yeah. it. So I can't just like leave a message unread because again, it's just like not the service we want to provide. Um, so yeah, so yeah, follow us at the Muscle Shed um, on Instagram. And if you want to purchase some absolutely fantastic gym accessories and clothing, then it's www.themuscleshed.com. Cool. So if anyone's got any questions for you, they can shout them over on there. They sure can. Awesome. Right. Well, thank, thank you very much. And I'll see you soon. Yeah, well Bye. You Take care. Bye.